that's sad and lonely And all I gotta do is act naturally Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star Might win an Oscar, you can't Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning the second. Hanging out with uh, Thomas Manning. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. Yeah, hanging in there. As Glad always. to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah, you took over for me, at least opening the show uh, not too long ago because my voice was uh, was going nuts. So uh, it's still not perfect. Not that my voice is ever perfect. Yeah, it never is. So, yeah. <laughs> but we'll take what we can get. Uh, we are glad to be back with you right here on C19 TV for Meet Me at the Movies and also uh, WGWG if you're listening to the radio version or, or downloading the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about Black History Month and we were celebrating some of the films as it relates to that. And Thomas, as I kind of look at our rundown um, for this week, especially the first part, it's a, a celebration of, of the Asian culture in, in many ways. And, and these are all tied to films that you can find here and we'll tell you where you can find them as well. But there's definitely this, uh, this theme that, uh, that comes out. And sometimes we, we discover these things are kind of unintentional. Uh, Black yeah. History Month celebration was definitely intentional. But as we were looking through the films for this, we're like, wait a minute, maybe we got something here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the first one is a, a film that is uh, just newly released uh, in select theaters and also Disney+. Plus. Um, it is uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. I always want to see Raya and the Last Dragon, but it's Raya and the Last Dragon. And, you know, as you and I both watched this uh, early, Thomas, and when we did, uh, I found myself uh, looking at a lot of the themes and a lot of the formulas that were coming out of this. And some of the films that came to mind for me um, were uh, Lord of the Rings uh, meets Harry Potter meets Star Wars meets the MCU Infinity Stone Saga. Did I get all right. those? Yeah, and a little <laughs> bit of Mission Impossible in there as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you could also throw in uh, Baby Driver if you want to throw in a little bit of Heist yeah, uh, element yeah. or Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, actually probably Ocean's Eight, since uh, that didn't that have Aquafina in it? It did have Aquafina, that's right, yep. <laughs> so uh, let's get your uh, thoughts on this film that uh, for me, I'll go ahead and I'll just quickly start and say that I thought the uh, animation was absolutely brilliant and breathtaking and there were times i could not determine between what was real and what was animation uh, i loved the casting uh, i loved the the story formula even though it was recycled i felt that it was done in this kind of fresh fun and engaging way so some those some of those are my thoughts uh, coming out of the gate yeah yeah so you have some of the team behind it that uh, directed a big hero six uh, a couple years ago also uh, moana um, some of the storytelling behind that. And um, if you if you love those films and connect with those on personal level, like a lot of people did, then I think you'll really appreciate what they brought with uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, you mentioned the visuals. Um, it's, I mean, I can't say enough about everything the VFX artists did behind the scenes. Like there were 12 minutes of credits and a lot of that is, are the, you know, computer animators and stuff and just the rich textured details of all the different worlds that we're able to create within this movie. There are basically like five different worlds with different atmospheres, different environments, different visual styles, and each one is, you know, wholly unique and special, but they're all connected, you know, thematically in a certain way. And they're able to kind of 
balance the storytelling with the technical, you know, nature, the technical beauty of it all in a really phenomenal way. Um, you mentioned um, Aquafina in there. Um, her voice talent chemistry with Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. Um, their relationship is a really, really beautiful thing to see. Um, great voice talent all across the board. You also got um, Jimmy Chan in there, um, Daniel Dai Kim, as well as Benedict Wong and Sandra Oh. And like every, every um, voice talent character is cast really, really well. And um, they fit into the story uh, so beautifully and uh, just, really uh really appreciated so many things about ryan the last dragon i did as well and and one of the things when you look at it on paper there were um three directors i think uh connected to this and several uh screenwriters uh maybe as many as eight if you look at uh, all the story ideas that were brought into this and many times when that kind of thing happens you end up with this frankenstein monster that really isn't worth engaging because it's all over the place but i felt this was very fluid and uh, i thought that it honestly did feel like it was very much a team effort and everything clicked for me i, I absolutely loved this film and you and know, i talked about it even the day after we saw it it was still staying with us um a wonderful family film but but also just a film even for uh, college kids and, uh, you know, men that are in their 50s. So uh, I I highly recommend uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, You can check it out on Disney Plus and also select theaters. Uh, Any other thoughts or comments you want to make sure you share? Yeah, I mean, really just the central theme of trust, trust in each other, trust in humanity. Uh, Very relevant to a lot of things that are going on in the world today um, with with the pandemic. And uh, we have to kind of put our trust in others that they're going to do their part to protect us and that we have to uh, know that others have other people have trust in us as well to do our part and protect them. Um, And then just, of course, the political climate, there's a lot of trust issues in our world, but um, the way this was delivered, um, you know, very relatable for people of all ages as, um, as this is the animation always does a such a fantastic job of with their, uh, with their storytelling. And uh, so, yeah, I was, very impressed as always. Yeah, I'm glad you brought brought that part up because that is that central theme of, of trust. And I guess the story question is, can you learn to trust again when um, you have been betrayed and it's been ripped from you? How do you learn to trust again? And uh, that, that theme carries the story throughout. Um, so what's your rating for this, Thomas? Oh, solid A uh, for this one, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Solid A for Raya and The Last Dragon. Uh, Minari is one of those films that you and I have been talking about in, in some form or fashion for a few months now. Uh, it has been on our radar uh, because it uh, really got uh, sent out and connected to a lot of folks during uh, early awards season. Uh, North Carolina film critics love this. Other film critic organizations have, have loved this film as well. It did get a Golden Globe for Best a foreign language film. It is a, an American-made film, but mostly uh, the uh, the language that shows up uh, is is another language. But uh, let's get your thoughts on Minari. Now, they don't mean they suddenly let this. Hold on. Let me tell people where they can find it. It is in select theaters, also Amazon Prime, Apple TV Plus, Google Play, and and some other places as well. Yeah, yeah. So you did mention it did win a Golden Globe for Best uh, Foreign Language Film, but it's it's very. American story, but also very universal story as well. You know, it's a family that moves from South Korea to Arkansas back in the 1980s and is, um, you know, kind of a depiction of 
their adjustment to the a bit of a culture shock there uh, definitely uh, vast differences between South Korea and the moving to Arkansas and um, but tells a story of this one family but this one family's story it can be related to so many people all, all around the world really um, Stephen Stephen Young in the uh, lead role as the father of the family um, his performance he does he does really so much just with his body language and his physical expressions spatial expressions and his eyes that um, he like of course his delivery of dialogue is, is really beautiful but it's really what he says without saying anything that uh really kind of makes more of a statement um and I, I think the same can be said for the whole cast the whole cast is great um the actress that played the grandmother um she she actually won um best supporting actress for the north carolina film critics uh well deserved the, the little boy alan kim which was like his uh film debut acting debut and he's what maybe eight years old and he's he's gonna be a star like you can already oh, yeah. tell um and it was just um such a beautiful range of emotions that we have displayed um really the whole human experience kind of is um is like threaded throughout this narrative um but in really subtle and um really subtle and fascinating ways yeah you captured so many of the same thoughts i had thomas i, I felt this was a very sentimental and a multi-generational love story and a love letter to family. Uh, it's an American story, but it's also an immigrant story. There were times it was humorous. Um, there were other times it was absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, I think it does address life struggles and the experience of finding and also maintaining humanity. I think that's the challenge that we all face sometimes is how do we hold on to our humanity when we are faced with some of these life's challenges. I thought it was a thoughtful film. It was insightful. It was moving. Talk about the casting. Wonderful, wonderful casting. The cinematography was marvelous in, in the locations. Uh, and it was shot uh, in Arkansas as well. Uh, there was a lot of talk uh, about this during the North Carolina um, Film Critics Association and also the Southeastern Film Critics Association looking at this film as a celebration uh, and an acknowledgement of the South, um, even in, in these kinds of challenging times. Uh, Will Patton ended up getting uh, an award from the North Carolina Film Critics Association. He stars in this, and uh, he was acknowledged with, a, with an award uh, as well. Uh, Minari, uh, absolutely just a wonderful film, and uh, it is one that definitely deserves the praise it has been getting. Uh, I think some of the challenges that audiences have and even critics groups is, uh, you know, how do you classify this film? And, you know, there are some that want to classify it as a, a foreign language film, which yeah, it, it, it is. But it, as you said earlier, it's an American film. So when you're trying to give it an award, where do you fit that? And I yeah. think uh, when you've got those films that are on that line, they're, they're made in this country but yet they, they carry so much of a foreign language, where do you place it? And I, I think that's the, the problem. Uh, we, we had uh, you know, the Oscars uh, changed their category to what best international film instead of foreign language film uh, not too long ago. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, this film probably, it's getting a lot of good praise and I think it should be getting more praise, but I think the classification of where it fits and how it fits 
uh, is something that's challenging some people. For me, it's a great film. Uh, it, you don't have to classify it as uh, a, a, any kind of language film. It's just a great film and a marvelous story. Uh, solid A rating for me for Minari. Yeah, yeah, solid A rating for me as well. It's written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, and it's basically loosely based on his own childhood um, and things that his family went through. And uh, you can tell that you know his personal fingerprints are all over it. It's just there's just so much passion um, just kind of oozing from the entire film and uh, really, really pleased with everything we got from Minari. Absolutely. Well, you are watching uh, Meet Me in the Movies right here on C19 TV. Uh, we are talking uh, Asian-related films actually so far, and uh, they've got some connections, that's for sure. Uh, Thomas Manning there. I'm Noel T. Manning II. We're going to take a quick intermission. Uh, we're going to come back and uh, continue this theme. Uh, there's a documentary on uh, Pat Morita that I want to tell you guys about. It's called More Than Miyagi, and I got a chance to check that out. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to uh, talk about uh, a, a film. Thomas has been doing this incredible advanced study on a particular filmmaker that's got some Asian connections as well. So we're going to tie that in. So uh, stick around. There's just a tease of uh, coming attractions right after this intermission. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make the big star. Yeti Baseball is here. Our players are raring to go and swing for the fences. But Yeti Athletics isn't all that's great about Cleveland Community College. We offer a wide variety of programs for students of all ages. We'll help you train for a new job, gain more skills for a promotion, or get a head start on college credits. We know students learn in different ways. That's why we offer online and in-person classes. CCC, we can help you move forward safely. Visit clevelandcc.edu today and go Yetis. Hi, I'm Shara Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in, in Cleveland County and, and the region. We have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with uh, Mr. Thomas Manning. Spending time talking movies. Uh, if you missed the first half of the show, I'm sorry. Where the heck were you? Where were you? Where were you? That's what I want to know. Where were you? But you're here now. And so, uh, and, and if you did watch, thank you. And if you didn't, uh, I don't know. 
DVR it and watch it later. Thomas, uh, I, I grew up in, in a time of Rocky Balboa. I also grew up in a time of, of the Karate Kid. Uh, those two things have a, a lot of this memory locked in, this kind of flag in the ground memory for me in a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I also grew up watching this uh, guy named Pat Morita, not just on uh, the uh, Karate Kid movies, but also he was on Happy Days. Uh, there's a new documentary that looks at his life, and it's called More Than Miyagi. It's directed, uh, edited, and written by uh, Kevin Derrick. And man, it's a personal story about this guy who was an Oscar nominee. And a lot of people don't realize that Pat Morita was an Oscar nominee for Karate Kid. Uh, but before that, he was a stand-up comic. Of course, he was a character actor. And he was a star of TV and film. He had many talents, but he also had just as many demons. Um, he was uh, an alcoholic. Uh, he had a childhood that wasn't uh, the most pleasant for him. Uh, this documentary that uh, Derek put together, it's feature length, hour and a half long, some really rich archival interviews with Marita. Uh, there's some great footage, uh, footage that I had never seen before. And he really dug deep, uh, dozens of interviews with family and friends, coworkers, and, and all those things provide a really deep understanding and appreciation for this man that people either saw as uh, Arnold from Happy Days or Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid franchise, but there was so much more. Um, this bio does look at childhood, it looks at his background, but also looks at those professional coming of age years when he was a stand-up comic in the 60s. And, and how that broke ground for him. Uh, you get, really get a chance to see his humor. Um, you see his loves. Uh, you also see the pains uh, and his battle with alcoholism that, that followed him uh, unto his death. And uh, you also, I think you see a, um, a life kind of unfinished. Um, there were some things that he really wanted to do from a film standpoint. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler here, but one of the things, and you can, you can see this from other interviews that he's done over the years. One of the things that uh, Marita wanted to do was to do a karate kid where Miyagi dies and, uh, wanted to kind of say a final farewell to Miyagi and do it in a way that was fitting for the character and fitting for the franchise as well. Much like we saw, um, happen in, in the Rocky films when Mickey died. Uh, we see the fragile, um, the um, how fragile humanity can be uh, in this film. Uh, he died at the age of 74, uh, and and something that I thought was interesting that that came out of this, um, you know, when you look at alcoholism, it's something that it doesn't just hurt those who are suffering from it. It can impact anybody in the surrounding vicinity. It's it's like this bomb that goes off, and so anybody kind of in the wake of that explosion uh, can be impacted negatively. Uh, the pacing is a bit off at times. And I think part of that, Thomas, is just because an hour and a half is a long time to do uh, a feature length documentary. Uh, I think this is something that maybe if it had been broken up into many segments, uh, you know, some, a, a couple of pieces, maybe could have been expanded some. The pacing was off just a bit, but I tell you, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a rich uh, and worthwhile documentary. Uh, to check out. It is called More Than Miyagi. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, uh, Vudu, and also Google Play and other places as well. A B rating for me for this particular documentary. And, and uh, I recommend it if you are a, a fan 
uh, the Karate Kid franchise and uh, Happy Days. And if you uh, just want to get a look at, at who this man was, it's, it's worth, worth your time. I'll have to check it out sometime. It's, uh, it's been a while list since you mentioned it. I just haven't gotten around to uh, taking the time to watch it yet, but uh, I really need to after your review. Well, Thomas, you have been uh, diving in deep to a, a filmmaker that's got some Asian roots for sure uh, and some deep roots for roots that cover decades and decades and decades. And so uh, give me your thoughts on, uh, on the filmmaker and the film you want to dive into today. So, yeah, I've been doing a semester-long study on Akira Kurosawa, who is one of the most influential filmmakers in all of cinematic history. Uh, Star Wars probably wouldn't exist without him. He, uh, a lot of his films directly inspired George Lucas in his development of the Star Wars universe, um, like Hidden Fortress, Seven Samurai. Uh, the film we're looking at today is uh, Ikiru. Um, and the story question for this film was also a direct quote from the film. Uh, what would you do if you only had six months to live? So the story explains or explores some of the horrors of real life and just how, just how terrifying um, certain elements of the real world can be. Uh, I mean, cancer is just one of the most horrifying elements of existence. Um, and it explores that, but also shows um, how beautiful the uh, life can be if you are intentional about what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, or if you are doing it with pure intentions and you're doing it for the greater good. Um, it's really a film about legacy. Um, you can't take it with you when you go, but you can leave something meaningful behind. It's just such a beautiful film. A few times I just had to like pause it and catch my breath because uh, just some of the moments literally took my breath away. Um, and I think Kurosawa really understands more than, more than anybody um, relationships and just the core of humanity, raw emotions. Um, and he's able to portray that um and just a really really visceral fashion um he understands the power of silence and reflection and um just existence and a kuru and that is uh, was made in 1952 uh still a, a rich film and holds up quite well uh thomas rating for this film uh, when people want to go back into the vault and check this out yeah, yeah, A plus across the board. Um, it's it's available on HBO Max actually, and on the uh, Criterion streaming channel for anybody interested. So, great, great. Well, uh, we have been uh, covering a lot of Asian related themes and films uh, this show, and uh, we're going to take a, a slight uh, U-turn on that and uh, cover one that is available now on uh, Hulu. Uh, this film looks at uh, really a tragic, tragic life. Billy Holiday. Uh, this is not the uh, a version that you saw Lady Sings the Blues a few years ago. This is a really deep um, and vulnerable look of the United States versus Billy Holiday. Uh, Andra Day has been, been getting a lot of love for her acting. She got a Golden Globe. She's won some other awards as well. Uh, this is her first feature role. It's brutally raw. Uh, she does uh, give an incredibly vulnerable performance. Uh, she did tons of research and she captured the nuances of the dialect, the mannerisms, and also the vocal choreography of Billie Holiday. She even wrote a, an original song uh, that combined the, the thoughts uh, of Billie Holiday with uh, Andrew Day's own style. It was a, a beautiful combination. It's called Tigress and Tweed. Highly recommend that. Um, the Billie Holiday song, Strange Fruit, is one of those that, uh, that carries message and meaning 
and uh, Tigris and Tweed does the same thing. It's a really tough and yet powerful story to watch. It's about a woman who's uh, fighting for civil rights, even though there really wasn't a name attached to it at the time. She used music, she used her lyrics uh, as that medium. Uh, so the United States versus Billie Holiday available on Hulu. I'm giving that a B rating, but it's worth watching for uh, Andrew Day's performance, if absolutely nothing else. Well, Thomas, we've got time, I think, to dive in and uh, give some thoughts on Nomadland. A few, uh, golly, a couple months ago, I guess we had uh, Adam Long that gave his take. But this movie is getting quite a bit of love during awards season, uh, and, uh, and quite a few I have loved this, and I've got a chance to sit in. I uh, had a chance, you and I both had a chance to sit in on some Q&As as well. But get your, uh, let me give you thoughts on Nomadland. Yeah, so uh, written and directed by Chloe Zhao and uh, adapted from a book from Jessica Bruder. And uh, Chloe actually won uh, Best Director at the Golden Globes and uh, only the second woman ever to do that, the first woman of color. Um, and Nomadland um, also won Best Picture Drama at the Golden Globes. Um, and it's really just stories about, it's a story about, you know, real people, real situations, and just kind of the candidness of life and everything that encompasses the highs and the lows and the pain, the peace and the, the tranquility and also the turmoil and just all of that kind of um, displayed just honestly and openly and um, without any, um, it kind of just shows it without any heavy dramatization. It's just the way it is. And um, that's what I was really struck with, with just how natural this film felt. Um, you know, it shows the natural beauty of the world and just the natural everydayness of life. Um, Frances McDormand in the lead role, um, she's, um, she's probably, she's got a lot of love in critic circles and she's probably gonna uh, be nominated for an Oscar for this as well. Um, and there's a lot of you know, spirituality in the narrative um, that kind of it can be related to anybody uh, regardless of their religion or lack thereof, there's just something about the story that um, there's just kind of an essence, a spiritual essence to it, uh, which I found really beautiful. And um, there's there's a lot that I could talk about, but uh, I know you've got some thoughts on it too. Yeah, cinematography, absolutely marvelous. Uh, one of the things I think that makes this film work is because of the style. And it is a style that is, uh, it's, it's narrative, yet it's almost a documentary uh, unfolding. You, you, you don't feel like you're watching a movie. You feel like you're watching life unfold. And that's something that is very difficult to do and to do well. And this director, um, the producers, the cinematographers, um, they've worked together on multiple films. And when that happens, there is this, um, this kind of um, unwritten secondhand that you are able to provide. There's a chemistry there and, and you really get a sense for that. Um, I got a chance to, to sit in on a Q&A with um, the filmmakers for this. And I asked the question, you know, what have you learned from each other uh, over the course of this? And one of the things that came up is that, uh, you know, we're not scared to take chances, but we also uh, want to have a plan in place. And they said with a film like this, you know, having a plan, uh, a loose outline for certain things is perfect because if, it, if you show up, uh, in, in this uh, location and it's snowing, let's build that into the story. I, I just thought it was a, a wonderful, uh, simple yet thought provoking film. And I loved it. Uh, I, I loved so many things about it. And uh, I, I think 
And we're going to see more and more and more from, from these filmmakers together. Uh, what is your, any other thoughts or ratings you want to make sure you share? Oh yeah. Solid A for this. Um, it's one of those, I, I think I watched it for the first time about two months ago and the more it sits with you, just the more it kind of washes over you and um, the more you appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, I'm glad to see all the love that it's getting this award season. Yeah, I am. I'm as well. An A rating for me for Nomadland. I am Noel T. Manning II. Uh, it's Thomas Manning. You've been watching Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening through uh, radio, WGWG, WGWG.org, we appreciate that. I'm not going to say that fast anymore because you'll, you'll miss it uh, that next time. I'll leave you with a quote of the week. This comes from the movie Ray. Uh, every story has an end, but in life, every ending is just a new beginning. So until next time, I am Noel Manning for Thomas Manning. And for me, the movies, we really appreciate you uh, and appreciate all those who take the time to make sure this show is put together. Greg Tillman, uh, until next time, that's a wrap.